So the Fed has really won the battle on commodities and on goods. The problem now is services, which happen to be very labor intensive. And due to the labor market shifts following the pandemic, excess retirements, some mothers staying at home, younger people having trouble matching with the job that they want to work in, that's underpinned wages. And I think that that's going to be the biggest threat moving forward will be those services. You're listening to IBKR Podcasts. Find more conversations at ibkrpodcasts.com. Please remember any trading discussions are for information purposes only and are not intended to portray recommendations. Please listen to further disclosures at the end of today's episode. Now, welcome to our show. Welcome to this week's economic podcast from Interactive Brokers. Joining me to discuss the U.S. economy, we have Head of Electronic Fixed Income Trading, Joe Burke. Welcome, Joe. Hello, Andrew. And Senior Economist, Jose Torres. How are you, Jose? Hello, Andrew. Great to be here. Doing well. Well, a huge welcome to you both. Once again, we're between the employment report and inflation data. So let's start with Jose. What are the key takeaways from the June jobs report last week, in which the economy added 209,000 jobs, according to the official non-farm payrolls report. And meanwhile, the ADP private payroll report also said something different. What's your insight? Employment growth is definitely slowing. It's just not slowing to a degree that's fast enough for the Fed's 2% inflation target. In past cycles, we've seen that monetary policy tightening has slowed the labor market in a much faster and much more efficient way. But this time around, company balance sheets are really strong. And companies following the experience with the pandemic of having a lot of labor turnover and a lot of retirements, we have a much different labor market today. Given those two facts, companies want to make money and want to position for the next economic cycle. So they have been hiring. Between both BLS and ADP reports, there were a few discrepancies, like with trade, transportation, and utilities, also with leisure and hospitality. One report, the ADP one, showed a lot more strength than the BLS one. But overall, we look at all indicators together, we do see that the labor market is slowing. So Joe, let's talk about the US Treasury market. The Treasury prices have sold off during both June and July, which resulted in the 10-year yield jumping up through about 4% as we headed into the weekend following non-farm payroll. Explain, first of all, what caused the sell-off in Treasuries, the lift in yields, and how do you explain the shifting yield curve? What started this was debt ceiling being passed. There was a lot of concern that had the debt ceiling not been passed, the US would go into a very significant recession. And once the debt ceiling was passed, and then we had some Fed speak where they talked about additional tightenings beyond just the one that everyone is expecting. So there's like tightening priced in for July, and there's one later in the year. I think the idea is that interest rates are going to be here for a while. They're going to continue to go higher, and they're not going to come down. So there's absolutely no concept right now that the Fed will consider easing before the end of the year. That is definitely a, a 2024 or beyond type of thing. So, you know, when you look at the 10-year back at the beginning of June was at 360. Now it's at 401. The two-year, which is more influenced by the Fed funds rate than anything else, was at four and a quarter. Now it's at 498 and actually got above 5% briefly last week, starting with the debt ceiling and then the additional Fed speak. A little bit data dependent with the CPI, but I think the other factors are more relevant. What, in your opinion, does that tell us about the prospect of a recession? I think, you know, the more more the curve flattens, the greater likelihood there would be a recession. Jose, does the FOMC need to raise rates in July to further combat inflation? And do you think that they have inflation under control? 
I do think that the Fed will need to increase in July and probably do one more after that. In terms of the yield curve, what I've noticed last week was that following the ADP report, both the two and 10-year yields jumped significantly. But then when BLS came in on Friday, you actually had some bear steepening going on. You had the two-year come down significantly, but the 10-year actually stay high because of inflation expectations. And both reports showed that wages remain sticky and very strong, a lot stronger than a level that's consistent with 2% inflation. When you look at services, you're seeing the same kind of growth that's labor intensive and that's working its way into prices. On the goods and commodity side, however, things have been easing pretty notably. So the Fed has really won the battle on commodities and on goods. The problem now is services, which happens to be very labor intensive. And due to the labor market shifts following the pandemic, excess retirements, some mothers staying at home, younger people having trouble matching with the job that they want to work in, that's underpinned wages. And I think that that's going to be the biggest threat moving forward will be those services. Joe, talk a little bit about the development of the interest rate market during the tightening cycle. What is the interest rate market currently responding to most? Is it comments from central bankers? Is it the data still? Or is it global markets, perhaps? What what do you think is moving? Well, I don't think there's one answer for that. I think it depends on what part of the yield curve you're talking about. The short end of the curve is highly sensitive to Fed policy. So Fed comments, interest rate policy in terms of, you know, expectations of increasing interest rates, the Fed funds rate specifically, that's what's going to really create the short end of the curve. The longer end of the curve, 10 years or so, is really based upon inflationary expectations. And to Jose's point earlier, as the two-year sort of wobbled around a little bit around the 5% level, 10 years got across 4% and sort of stayed there. So there is a, a bit of stickiness and an expectation that inflation is here to stay. Jose Torres, economist for Interactive Brokers Group down in West Palm Beach, and Joe Buck, head of electronic fixed income trading here in Greenwich, Connecticut. Thank you both very much. And folks, don't forget to give us a rating wherever you download your podcast from and check us out at ibkrpodcast.com for this and all other earlier podcast recordings. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to IBKR Podcasts. As always, we have more episodes at ibkrpodcasts.com. And if you're interested in learning more about interactive brokers, visit ibkr.com. We offer more trading education material, such as webinars at ibkrwebinars.com, financial and economic commentary at tradersinsight.news, market-related courses at tradersacademy.online, and quant-related articles at ibkrquant.com. The analysis in this material was provided for information only and is not and should not be construed as an offer to sell or the solicitation of an offer to buy any security. To the extent that this material discusses general market activity, industry or sector trends, or other broad-based economic or political conditions, it should not be construed as research or investment advice. To the extent that it includes references to specific securities, commodities, currencies, or other instruments, those references do not constitute a recommendation by IBKR to buy, sell, or hold such investments. The material does not and is not intended to take into account the particular financial conditions, investment objectives, or requirements of individual customers. Before acting on this material, you should consider whether it is suitable for your particular circumstances and is necessary. See professional advice.